This is Friday Night Strikes, where I'll talk to high school football officials around the USA about this advocation we all love. Let's kick it off. Hi everyone, Don Vandemark here, and today I have Jason Carroll with me. Uh, how are you today, Jason? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Sure. Glad you could join. So Jason, uh, I've worked with Jason a, a couple different times when he was the referee. Um, I may have even ha- had a game where, where you are on the wing. Have, uh, I don't remember if, if we've done that or not. Um, but uh, how, how long have you been uh, wearing the white hat? Uh, this is going into my fifth year of doing some white hat games, but it'll be my fourth year of full-time referee position. Very good. And before that, what was your preferred position wing or was it elsewhere? Oh yeah. Uh, linesman or line judge. I, I typically like being the linesman because I got a little bored sometimes the line judge. So I like to be over with the uh, chains, uh, kept me into the game the whole time. All right. Well, very good. If, if we work a game together where we're the wings, I'll let you have the chains all day. that's usually Uh, everybody that's usually what everybody else says too (laughs) it i it's just it's one of those things of uh the line judge obviously has the responsibility of looking across and making sure it's changing every down um but just having that whole responsibility of okay when do i wave those chains on can can sometimes be a bit of a pain but you do it enough it's not too bad uh last season i i worked all line judge games until the very last one. And then it was linesman and I'd gone the whole year without having to work with the chains. So oh, wow. it, it, it caused me to actually go, okay, think about what you're doing here. So. <laughs> I think part of it, I think part of it too, Don is, is my uh, uh, desire to have control. I had sure. If I'm in control of the chains, I know they will be done right. At least in my opinion. So it was always uh, me just wanting to make sure that they were done right, I guess. That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's talk a bit about, about your background. You're, you're getting into it. How long have you, have you been officiating a high school football? Um, what other sports do you, do you officiate? What levels uh, are you at? High school football, this will be my 12th year. Uh, I started um, a little later because I've done basketball for 20 years. Uh, I grew up in Indiana, so basketball was everything. And then uh, moved to Florida and realized that football was a lot more fun, uh, in my opinion, than basketball, just for the mere fact that you have so fewer games. You, you, you look forward to that Friday night varsity game all week, whereas basketball, you have a varsity game pretty much three, four nights a week. So. Sure. Tried to do the college thing several years ago. Uh, did some NAIA college football and uh, loved doing it. It was great. Just uh, the time commitment was too late in life. I had some younger kids and just couldn't really pursue it any further, um, but enjoyed it like crazy. Just stick to high school now, uh, do high school football, basketball, and of course, in the state of Florida, we have girls flag football in the spring, so it's fun. Yeah, always nice to get to get that flag football in the spring to give us uh, some reps on the field, whether it's it's tackle or not. Um, it's always good to to get that in there as well. All right, so um, we, Jason and I are are, are both officials from uh, Central Florida. Um, we just had our association uh, kickoff, so to speak, um, this weekend. 
Uh, so we're, we're right there getting going uh, this this upcoming weekend. We've got a couple field clinics. Um, Jason, are you one of the evaluators at the field clinic or are you just headed out to do, to, to do some work? Yeah, I'll be uh, one of the evaluators uh, all day. Probably not with the White Hats, though. I'll probably end up, because we have a couple other uh, more veteran White Hats there. So I'll probably stick with the uh, the wing guys and help them. All right, very good. Um, and and that that's you. I mean the 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 beach weekend we have as our as our kickoff meeting is is a nice uh, reminder that hey let's get going. But that that field clinic that usually comes the week after is that okay? It's here. Um, let, let's get ready to go out and and officiate some uh, hundred degree football games for the first few weeks, right? Yeah, not only that, but it gives us an opportunity to not only uh, really get to see some of the younger officials. Um, you know, we have classes that uh, education classes that run all summer and a really good group of about 15 of them were at our beach weekend. Uh, they graduated. They went to all the classes. They did a really good job. They look like real athletic type officials, which is exactly young athletic. That's what we need. But it also gives you opportunity to see some of the other newer officials, maybe the first through three to five year uh, officials. Some of those other guys you already know because you've seen them throughout the year. These newer officials that are just doing JV games and are really wanting to get varsity games. It gives them a chance to get out there and show what they know and how they've progressed over the years and gives us as, uh, you know, white hats and more veteran officials in the association a chance to see them and then put in a good word for them to our assigners. So then maybe they can start getting varsity games as well. For sure. Now that we, we, we hold uh, twice a week classes for our association over the summer, over about an eight week period um, for, for new officials and for um, officials in their first couple years. Uh, we're, I, I believe you were one of the instructors at, at that, correct? Well, this year I, I kind of took a step back. I, I uh, only went a couple days, uh, but in years past I have, um, been an instructor out there because what they typically do is they start out in the classroom and uh, after going over a rule or two uh, they we go down onto the field a turf uh, high school field and actually get some reps on the field without players but it gives them an opportunity to run up and down the field and and you know take what they learned in the classroom out on the field so yeah I have helped out with the class before yeah, I, I, that that was real good. This is just my fourth year now, and and that first year that that summer class was great, and it was great to do it after that first year, um, going into my second, just as a reminder of all the things I should have learned that first year. Um, what now, now that I've applied it for a year on the field, um, right. so that, that 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 was a great class, um, and and I'm glad we do that, uh, and I'll be interested to hear as as I talk to. Uh, other officials in other states, how they handle the um, the training of their new officials as well. Yeah, I, I I only got out to like two days and really didn't get a chance to go out on the field because it rained the two days I went. But uh, from what I understand, that group this year is probably one of the better groups we've had as a class. You know, as a group, every year there's a few that we really know are going to be decent if they stick with it. But this year, you know, I, I heard that there's you know as a group really solid group of uh, uh, young new officials that are coming in, which is exactly what we need. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So as we, as we um, 
kick off into this new season, the the one thing we do as well is is get the new rule book and and all the rule changes that come with it. Um, this year, uh, that there are no significant rule changes, at least to the gr- degree that we had last year with the blindside block. Um, right. So this year, just a couple of of changes, and and really for the most part. Um, one, one will help us a lot. And, and the second is just, uh, uh, probably a good one. So the one that'll probably help us a lot is the, the fact that, a improperly equipped player, um, should be replaced for, for at least one down instead of there being a penalty for illegal equipment, um, or improper equipment, um, that, that helps, it helps us to, to not penalize a team for, for, what's essentially sometimes just a, a small thing that we got to get corrected. Um, but we can send them out and they can get it fixed and he can come back. So um, what did you think when that one came out? The first thing I thought of when it first came out was it's going to be great um, that you're not going to have uh, penalties per se right away. Um, my only fear is that some officials will uh, maybe take it to a level that they don't need to, um, you know, a lot of times if you see a player's mouth, mouthpiece is hanging, dangling from his face mask, it's, it's very simple just to yell at them. Hey, 42, put your mouthpiece in. And they do, they realize they don't have it in. They put it in. Um, I want to make sure that we do a good job, uh, as a, as a crew, not just the umpire in the, in the white hat, but everyone during pregame, looking at players, looking at them on the sidelines and making sure that you get the wristbands off their, off their, you know, thighs and their, and their forearms and, and get them properly equipped. Even though, you know, we asked the coaches, you know, in the pregame meeting, is everybody properly equipped? You know, that, that coach can't make sure that every kid is dressed properly. It's impossible. He does say yes every time, Sure, but it's our job to make sure that he's, that we're helping that head coach to get them the way they need to be, you know, because there's nothing worse than, than slowing the game down and a momentum killer uh, trying to deal with equipment and, and, as, as some officials like to call it fashion police, you know, we're out there uh, regulating what players can and can't wear instead of just officiating the game. And that is our job. So we have to deal with it. I like the rule. I like it because it gives us an opportunity to fix it first. And then if you don't have time, you kill it with an official's timeout and send them out of play. You know, a lot of coaches, you tell them, oh, you're going to get a penalty. And they would look at you like, oh, yeah, right. You're not going to throw a flag because my players' knee pads aren't covering their knees. And for the most part, I would say most officials probably wouldn't. It's a threat that never went, you know, that was never dealt with. But now sure. but now it's much easier to say, hey, coach, this guy's got to go out for a play. And if he's their star player, I guarantee that coach is going to do something to make sure his knee pads stay over his knee from now on. So it's, yeah. I, I think it's something that we'll, that we'll have to kind of monitor as the season goes, and hopefully we, you know – Hopefully we, we, you know, everybody has to have game management skills and some common sense to use it the proper way. Hopefully they will, if they do it the way it's intended to be used. Right. And, and the, I think where we're going to have some issues is when we um, go down to the freshman JV level, because uh, that's where the, the uniforms get scarcer as far as what they have for their different players, Right, um, which we've always had that problem. Um, even when it was a penalty, but now it's, it's easier to enforce, so to speak, because we're not throwing a flag. We're just sending them out. Right. But 
there's also sometimes only 20, 22 players on a JV squad. So um, sending a player out is a, a, a significant change. So uh, I, I do like it, and I, I, I think it'll help. And you're right. It, as far as how each official does it, that's pretty much the way it is with most of these rules is how each, uh, how, how each official interprets and wants to uh, – wants to enforce it. Yeah. And I think um, a, good, a good pregame, um, you know, white hat with a good pregame that discusses that rule before you even walk out of the locker room is, is a good start. So. Sure. Sure. So the, the other one that's um, that that's of, of large significance is the fact that now uh, if there's a foul by the kicking team, um, there's an option to add that foul on from the succeeding spot. So, where the ball would have been if there had been no foul. Um, and, and the most common example used um, is for a kick out of bounds. Um, if the ball gets kicked out at the 40, um, the, the receiver's 40, it can now be moved to the 45 instead of the receivers only getting it right there at the 40. Um, so it really just adds that it, it gives that, receiving team that one more option to actually penalize the kicking team as opposed to what was essentially declining the penalty, just taking the ball where it went out of bounds. So yeah. I, I actually really like this one. Or or accepting the penalty but taking it twenty five yards from the from the previous spot too. You know this this yeah. is is good because in my opinion, doing multiple sports, um, if it was up to me and I was the the ruler of all sports rules I would make all sports, you know, my question's always been is why are there so many differences between levels in sports? Why are the rules different in college football as they are from high school as they are Mm -hmm. to pro? Now, I understand the professional level needs to be different, but there's no reason why high school and college can't be more similar. There's so many little nuances that are different and they don't really need to be. So this rule basically is helping that. (laughs) We're getting to where college for for years. And really where it happens is, is it, it happens during uh, uh, for that for that example that you gave. But for the most part, you kick the ball out of bounds. Now you have a, a, not really another option, but it's an added option to one of the um, previous options you already had, which helps. But it also doesn't slow the game down to where there's uh, there's other things that can be tacked. So it, it it helps. I like it. Yeah, and it, it does it does increase the. F- the incentive to actually accept the penalty, uh, accept the kick as is, as opposed to having the kicking team re-kick. Right. Um, which is, which uh, as, as all levels are trying to move to reducing kickoffs um, and, and all the collisions that happen at kickoffs, this, this one's a good one. Yeah, I agree. So um, there's only the only really other other change was they added the word, uh, the the fact that a passer is a defenseless player. Um, And that's that's just how you how you manage the defenseless player um, aspects of the game. Yeah, I think it it states what until the until he either involves himself into the play or the the pass is uh, finished, the pass is actually finished. How's it worded? 
the actual change is actually just adding the word a passer to the oh. list of defenseless players. So then you have to go and find the definition of passer. <laughs> um, and, and really that's just from the time he begins his passing motion till he becomes a runner again, till he's no longer a passer. Right. Okay. So that, that doesn't make it all the way till the pass is completed. It makes it till he's, I guess, no longer defenseless. I'd have to actually go and look up the definition of passer um, to, to see what that is. Um, but that's, uh, that's essentially all it adds. Um, so, so that's all good. So one, um, you and I did, did a spring game together this year. And, and one thing that uh, you, uh, you asked before the game, which was great. And it's great to think about right now, here we are in August getting ready to go is what are you working on this game? Um, what, what do you want to get better at this game? And, and to me, I'm taking it for, to, forward to the season as to what am I going to get better at this season? Um, and I know for myself, the one thing I think I've identified that I want to get better at is getting and memorizing the number uh, when I throw a flag. Because I'm, I'm probably 50-50 on it. And usually it's, throw the flag, know the penalty, finish out, and they go, uh-oh, I need the number. Look back, see if I can figure it out and go, okay, yeah, it was that guy. He's number nine. That's the one it's on. Otherwise, I'd say I didn't know. Um, so I'm trying to figure out different ways to do it. I think what I'm going to try um, is when I throw the flag, I'm going to try and say out loud but not screaming it, you know, 22. Right. You know, I've got – 22 and that's a pass interference call or right. 65 and that's a holding. So I, I know the penalty in my head, but the number was always real tough for me to, to get stuck in my head. Um, how, how did you get the number stuck in your head and, and what are you working on? Well, that's exactly what, what I used to do as well as, and I still do it now. Um, I, I, I verbally almost out loud say the number so when I get to the end of the end of the play or wherever I need to get with my co-officials or if I'm not the white hat, if I have to report it that way, I've already said it and it's pretty much right on the tip of my tongue so I can, I can repeat it. Uh, but there's always times when you're not going to see it or not going to get it uh, or, a, you know, a, a play will happen and then you'll have another flag uh, after that and you've already forgotten. So it's it's tough, but that is a good thing to work on. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly something I want to get better at um, myself. So, what 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 are you concentrating on this season? Uh, I think for me, it's it's not necessarily um, just one. Well, it is one specific thing, but you know, as a white hat, uh, I got a couple mentors of people that I've kind of um, spoken to and kind of try to emulate on the field uh, the way they do things. And one of the things that I that I feel like I need to get better at is slowing down and just overall game management. Now, I think I'm a very good game manager, but when I watch myself on tape and, I, and then I watch some of these other guys that, that have been doing it for many years, I, I they just act like they're just, you know, they just very calm, very um, in control of what they're doing. They always know what other people are doing. Uh, you can go up to them and they'll probably their heartbeats are probably so slow and it can be the biggest game of the year. That's really kind of what I'm trying to work towards to where I can help my team be a better 
you know, my co-officials on the field can be better because I can be a calming factor to them knowing that, you know, I'm not going to scream at them. I'm not going to yell at them, but at the same time, we're going to have fun and it's, it's going to be enjoyable to be out there. And that's really my goal is to make sure that I want to be the best, you know, ultimately I want everybody to want to work with me when they see me on the schedule as their white hat. I want them to be happy that, that I, they have me because they know that we're going to have fun out there on the, on the field. That's really kind of the main thing that I'm trying to work. Yeah. That, that is something I hear over and over and, and you hear it everywhere, which is just slow down. Yeah. Um, and it's any, so hard to do. Yeah. That's any sport, you know, basketball. That's where I kind of got that question that I asked you. Um, I had a, a guy in basketball a long time ago used to ask me in our pregame every time we work together, you know, what, what one thing you working on today in today's game, basketball is a lot more games. So you have opportunities to do that, but I started bringing it to every sport I do. And, you know, I ask guys all the time, you know, what is the one thing that you're working on? Because then to, to go into what I try to do to help everybody is that if I, t- if I see you're trying to work on uh, maybe the, when you got the chains, you're working on trying to, keep the chains uh, under control and back and, and more smooth. And then if I see something that, that maybe I see them doing where I think I could help them knowing that they're working on that, then that would be the one thing I could focus on. So that's the reason I ask and uh, try to find out what everybody's trying to work on. And we, ne- we should never feel like, you know, people always say we should never feel like we're perfect. There's always something we can improve on. So there's always something, right? no matter how big. Oh yeah. For sure, and and there there is a um, there's a college uh, officials podcast that I listen to. Um, anybody that wants to go look for it, it's at rule11officials.com. Um, and and they what part of their intro is that quest for the perfect game. Um, it's something we'll, we'll, we can strive for, um, may get real close sometimes, but probably never achieve. Um, but that that's that's a goal to to go out there and have that perfect game, whatever that means to you. Um, so so certainly there. You know, so, one other thing, real quick, um, real quick, Don. The one other yeah. thing, I, when I first started refing in, in uh, basketball, I, I got an evaluation one time that that they said you look. They told me I looked angry on the court. That I, that I wasn't smiling and I was pretty much like frowning and and scowling the whole time. And I didn't even realize it, but I was, I was so into the game and concentrating and I forgot you have to remind yourself to relax, slow down, have fun, smile every once in a while. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the game's a lot more enjoyable to ref when you're actually having fun out there. So that's one thing that I try to work on all the time too. And, and, and I, I had a, uh, I've had a few games over the past couple of years where I've worked with different personalities of referees. Um, you have, you have, uh, you have referees, um, I'll say like you that are, that are very good at it and, and, but really want to get everybody involved and, and get everybody feeling comfortable. Um, and, and there are other referees that are, are the pinnacle of, of what everybody looks up to these referees and they have a, a, a big persona um, so the, when I was working with, with a couple of those, I felt, I felt intimidated to be, to be quite honest. Um, I shouldn't have been, but uh, I felt intimidated and I had to work myself into the rhythm of the game 
to to loosen up because I was like, don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up, right? Yeah. Um, where, whereas I have that feel in every game, but it's it's not so in in, in my face. And, and I'm not saying that, that these referees did that. It was just reputation and and all that. Sure. So um, so that's uh, I, I'm looking forward to to, to working with uh, with these guys again um, over over the next couple of years. Yeah. So. Um, so here we are. Uh, so what, what is one thing uh, as we're approaching the beginning of the season, um, we're going to be trying to push this podcast out to, to newer officials and experienced officials. Um, it, is that really what you would, you would say is, is your takeaway for everybody to go into the season with is just be loose, have fun. Um, slow down i mean those are those are different things but um is that is that the general thing you'd take into that this season yeah yes i mean if if everybody would slow down is a perfect example how many times do you see a wing official running down the field because he feel feels like that he's not doing his job if he doesn't stay even with the ball carrier and almost get to the goal line at the same time as them they don't understand that your angle to see the play is much better if you stay behind the play and follow and, right. and keep your eyes where they're supposed to be instead of trying to sprint and stay exactly right with the play. So slow down, get the spot right, get, you know, get the calls right, get, get, um, and don't call things that don't need to be called. And, and those things happen when you slow down because you digest what you've seen instead of just immediately seeing a holding going, Oh, that's a holding. I'm gonna throw my flag. And then realizing that holding probably could have you could have let that go because it really didn't have any impact on the play. So those are the kind of things if you slow down, take your time, and then you know we don't do. Everybody says we don't do it for the money. Well, of course, if they didn't pay us, we wouldn't do it. So we do kind of do it for the money. But ultimately, everybody's out here doing it because they they it's fun. They enjoy football. It's it's fun sure. to be a part of the game again when you get older and you're not playing anymore. And uh, I don't know. I don't know any job I like. I I want to keep if I don't enjoy it. And people people go into the games with, like you said, that you get you get with a certain crew or you get into a certain situation where you get so nervous, where you forget to enjoy the game. And ultimately, you'll do so much better as an official if you just slow down, relax, and have fun. For sure. So but you do uh, have to know the rules. Looking too. for. <laughs> Yeah, you do have to know the rules. I'll say the one thing. The one thing I'll say um, this episode, and I may change it for future episodes. We'll see. But one of the things I struggled with the first year was that, and it's part of the slowdown. It fits right in there. Is that whole see the ball, see the ball, see the ball? Right. Don't blow your whistle if you don't know where the ball is. Um, I, I went probably the first half, and my, the, my first season, I was fortunate enough to do JV and then do a good amount of Pop Warner. Um, so I had a ton of games that first year. The first half of the year, I was fine seeing the ball, but I let that aspect of it lax. And all of a sudden, I had three or four inadvertent whistles within a couple weeks because we'd have a quarterback put the ball on the ground. Um, I'd see him reach over, pull it to him. I'd blow my whistle as a wing official. It's not my job to even worry about who's recovering that because the referee's right there, but I'd blow my whistle anyway. Right. And I had, and 
of course, what do I do? I blow my whistle and see the ball trickle away from the quarterback. So it's like, okay, I, I that the there's one uh, one referee um, gave me great advice, and and once he said it, everything got a lot easier. And that is, you don't have to blow the whistle. Exactly. You don't. If they, if we don't have a whistle on a play, that's fine. The play will be dead whether we have a whistle or not. The minute I got it into my my head that I did not have to blow a whistle in order for play to stop and and people to quit hitting each other. All of a sudden, the pressure of blowing that whistle got off, and I was able to to let a couple beats go until I did see, okay, he's on the ground, he has the ball, I can now blow my whistle. And by that point, somebody else had. Or it was essentially dead anyway, and there was really no right. so, there's a lot of a lot um, of new officials uh, struggle with that. They feel like in order to be a part of the game, I have to blow my whistle, I have to throw my flag, and really all we're doing is, as an official, is you're administering the game. You're you're not the game. The game is going on around us. So, and if the game can flow without the flag, let it go. You don't need to blow. You don't need to throw it. And if the play can end itself, like you said, you don't need to blow your whistle, then you don't need a whistle. One of the worst things you can you can have on a crew is is one whistle-happy official that's blowing his whistle all the time no matter where the ball is. And that's one of the hard things to get used to is don't blow your whistle unless you really absolutely have to. Right, right, for sure, for sure. All right, so one thing I wanted to do here at the end was go over anything that um, – I may want to clarify that we talked about earlier. So um, we talked about the definition of a passer earlier. And because we're officials, we want to make sure we got the rules exactly right. Um, and and you had it, you had it for the most part as as uh, to be expected, I guess, with with the number of years you have, but I should I should have this as well. Um, but 23211 uh, says a passer is a player who throws a legal forward pass. He continues to be a passer until the legal forward pass ends or until he moves to participate in the play. So I had forgotten that that first clause was in there about until the legal forward pass ends. So even if he's not really participating, he's no longer a passer once the pass is over because then it's a running play. It's a running phase of a play. Um, He still can't be picked off if he's not participating. Um, then he falls under some other definition of defenseless player. Um, if he's just standing there, I'm not sure. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're, we're both going to throw a flag if he just gets cleaned out. Um, yeah, you can give it a personal foul, even unsportsmanlike conduct, if it's egregious enough. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I just wanted to come back and uh, and make sure we, we got a clarification on that. Um, don't want to leave anything unclear. So, um, so cool. Well, um, I, I, we're at the half hour mark, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll start to head to wrap up, Jason. Um, I, I appreciate you, uh, you taking your time out today to, to join me here. Um, I hope I can have you on again sometime in the future when we're, when we're deeper in the season. We'll, we'll talk about a couple other things um, and see how it goes. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh, have, have a great season. All right. You too, Don. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. 
Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.